Well, praise the Lord and God bless you this evening. Welcome to the Tabernacle Deliver Sunday evening service. I'm Pastor Wells and I'm excited about what God is doing for us, with us, through us, and in the midst of us, regardless of all the stuff that's going on around us today. And as we all know, there's a lot of stuff going on around us today. So I'm excited about what God is doing. Amen. I got some news that my uh, one of my beloved friend's wife passed away earlier today. Oh, well, we're going to be in prayer for them today. Amen. I'm, I'm excited about what God is doing. People are transitioning to glory and people are rising up around us to walk with God. And I'm excited about that. Bring that light over, please. I'm just excited about what God is doing for us in the midst of us each day. Bow your heads and let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for another day. I thank you for this opportunity to hear your word and speak your word, oh God. I thank you for your mercies and your kindness towards us. I ask you to touch every liberal soul under the sound of my voice, oh God, and break yokes in their lives and meet the needs in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Get your Bible. Tonight, I, I want to try to finish up war part three, like we were supposed to do last night. We last week we were trying to do that last week, but God just took over and, and, and gave us a message on preparation. So I'm excited about what God is doing because He always got something going on. Always, always, always got something going on for us to learn, to do, and more challenges. There are so many things in life that I like about God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So today I want to continue on the journey on war part three. There's a war going on all over the world, a spiritual war. Many people don't even realize that there's wars going on around them today. I want to skim back over one of the verses that um, we used in the beginning, and that's First uh, Peter 2 and 11. First Peter 2, chapter 2, verse 11. Okay, here we go. Dearly beloved, First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims to abstain from frisky lusts which war against your soul. Let's read it one more time. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. This is something we all have to work on. This is something we all have to do. We got to work on ourselves to the point where we win the war in our personal life. But one of the things I've learned that, uh, that goes on in this life that we live, we're constantly, constantly at war with ourselves. We're constantly, constantly at war with everything around us. We're constantly, constantly at war with other things, could you move the light over a little more? God, we're constantly, constantly fighting a little bit. Okay, that's better. Okay, we're constantly fighting and battling to win the war in our lives. 
And in those wars we fight, we got to make sure we're not the ones starting the war. We got to make sure that we're not the one that's making a war possible for the enemy to attack us. We got to make sure that we're not the troublemaker. And I'm talking about fleshly stuff because in this, on this earth, we want everything our eyes see. Whether it's human, money, cars, cash, whatever the case, we got to make sure we're not the ones starting the war. We got to make sure we're in a position where we can win this war. Look at that verse one more time. Dearly beloved, I beseech you, as strangers, pilgrims, people passing through the land, people moving through the land, people going through the land, people are playing this day. Pilgrims are just going through, strangers are just passing through, they're not planning this day. We get wrapped up in everything and it falls to the point where we can't receive spiritual things from God. And we lose sight on what we really about. As strangers and pilgrims, we're passing through this land. We're in this world, but we're not out of this world. We don't have to do everything the world does. We don't have to act the way the world acts. Because we're passing through. We're moving through the world. We're moving through life each day. Facing challenges and battles. We got to make sure we're not starting the battles. We got to make sure we do what's right and not negative stuff. Not clean stuff. The cause of wars arise in our flesh. You can't be lusted at the stuff that don't belong to you. Yeah, that's the issue a lot of us have a problem with. We be battling with stuff that don't belong to us. You got to mind who you are in God. You got to mind where are you going in God. Got to mind that. Let's move on. Let's go to, I think that's, uh, you know, sometimes I got to check my own hand right now. <laughs> it gets funny. I laugh at my own hand right say, uh, is that me? Uh, let me just double check that scripture there or I'll give it to you. Amen. We, we got to really work on ourselves to the point where we are winning the war, not losing. You, because a lot of times in life, we do things and we lose our victory because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Okay, let's go to Joshua chapter 11. And let's start at the, let's go, let's start at the 15th verse. Listen to this. As the Lord commanded Moses, his servants, so did Moses command Joshua, and so did <coughs> and so did Joshua left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. 
verse 16. So Joshua took all the land of hills and all the south country and all the land of uh, Goshen and the, and the valley and the plain and the mountain of Israel and the valley of the same. Verse 17. Even from Mount Halak that goeth to Sinai, even unto Villagad uh, in the valley of Lebanon under Mount Hermon, Hermon, and all their kings he took and smote them and slew them. And Joshua made war, and Joshua made war a long time with all the kings. Let's, say, let's look at verse 18. And Joshua made war a long time with all the kings. Look at yourself. Look at yourself today. Look how you live today. Look at all the things that war against you today. Joshua war a long time against the king, so remove them all. Your job is a war. And remove everything that's ungodly out of your life. That's in your ability. It is your responsibility to move everything out of your life. That's contrary to God's word. That's in your power. Joshua was a long time with those kings to remove them. People got this idea. Once they get saved, everything is done. There's no such thing. The Bible says we die daily. The Bible says we die daily. Why? Because we live in this body and this flesh and this flesh means us no good. But Joshua warned a long time and all those things. It wasn't a one-day battle. He had to fight and 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 he had to win each battle. When you war and you're fighting a numerous, numerous people, you better win your battle. Because those guys are going to come and get you. Did you hear me? They're going to get together and come and get you. So you better get rid of them quick. In our walk with God, we, we walk and we war with ourselves. Some people are moved and compelled by alcohol. Some people are moved and compelled by sex. Some people are moved and compelled by lust. Some people are moved and compelled by money. And the list goes on. War. You war a long time in your life. They remove everything out of your life. It's not one day. People often wonder why some people get to live in right second gas. Yeah, they take gas. And not all the people take gas because that person was ready for delivery. Oh, y'all hear me? They didn't have to do a long battle. They were ready for war. But some people got a war. And get everything out. Get everything in line. You got to make sure you get everything alive for deliverance. Oh, yes, you do. Deliverance and war are not one size fit all. Oh, y'all got to hear this. 
all. Everybody is not going through the same thing. That's why I teach people that, that they run around saying what God did for you. God does for Joe, he'll do for you. That's not even biblically supported. I know people get upset with me when I say that's not really biblically supported. You want me to tell you why? First of all, I get annoyed when preachers spend their time telling everybody, I'm going to pray that God give everybody a hundredfold back or whatever you give. That preacher's not telling you the truth. Yes, and I know some of them. They need to stop telling people that lie. And they're lying on God because the scripture said that he gives some a hundred, some sixty, some thirtyfold. So he's not giving everybody the hundredfold back. Stop telling people that. Stop souping them up. And they're warring to get that hundred fold back. So they'll make that sacrifice and give a thousand dollars to the church. Then God gonna give them back a hundred fold on a thousand. Everybody goes through different things. That's why God doesn't do the same thing for everybody. God has blessings and deliverance and healing with your name on it. That Mary, John, and Henry, you're never gonna get. And not getting what God has for you. The Bible said, I have not seen, ears have not heard, neither have it entered the hearts of men that men, the things that God prepared for them, not love him. Hmm. That's individual. The Bible said, No good thing was he was withhold from them that walk uprightly before. That's individual. He's not talking about the entire church. He's not talking about everybody in the church building because everybody ain't walking uprightly before God. Hello? Everybody not walking uprightly before God. Everybody's not getting a hundredfold back, even if you are walking upright. Well, my God, tell the truth. Uh, it's just the truth. You just get offended with it. This is not the way you want to hear it. But when you look at this scripture, Joshua 2.18, it says that Joshua made war a long time with all the kings. That's not all of them. And that's how you got to be. You got to keep your enemy in check at all times, not sometimes. You got to keep your enemy of your soul in check because he's sneaky. He sends out his end to detour people to twist up your word, to make you look bad. You go to work, on your way to work, everything is fine. And then when you get to work, there's major chaos. And you trying to figure out why, because you're in a war with your adversary. He's going to find a way to get you your nerve. Hmm. So Joshua had a long, long walk going on with all the kings. You got to know who you're fighting, and you got to know how to fight. You got to have the right tools to fight, not you're going to lose all your battles. I'm not kidding you. You'll lose all your battles if you don't have the right tools to fight. Your enemy. Joshua fought a long time with those kings. He rumbled and rumbled and fought. Every day, imagine that. 
Imagine going to war for five years. The war, the Iraqi war. The Afghanistan war. Oh, let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about Afghanistan. According to my intel and knowledge that I've learned over the years about Iraq, I mean, I, uh, Afghanistan, nobody seemed to be able to beat them. All the big shot countries going there with all their technology, and Stoop can't beat them. Can't wipe them out. Can't wipe out them. Oh, no. You need to read a story about the conies in the Bible. They hide in the rocks. That's uh, Afghanistan. They hide in the rocks. Your bombs ain't reaching them. War. What I learned about war is most countries that make war with a country, they spy out that country. They look at us weak points. How they can destroy it quick? Only dumb countries start a war and don't know nothing about the country they're fighting with. You got to learn your adversary through the word of God and how he operates. You're going to only learn him through God's word. Yeah. You're only going to learn who he is and how he operates. The same way you learn about God. You learn who your adversary is. War. Wars go on and continue 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 on. Until there's agreement made on the other countries defeated. We're not making no priest agreement with the devil. There will be no agreements between us. We will stay at war. Did you hear what I said? There will be no priest agreements with the devil. We're not making no peace treaties with him. We're not making no peace deals. We don't make no truths. We're not making nothing. Because he ain't making nothing with us. If he tell you he want to make a priest truths with you, he got a plan up his sleeve to slay you behind the moment you make it. Ain't nothing good about him. He's very cunning. There will be no peace between us. There will be blood. And the blood of Jesus will be applied. War is something that takes place for good and for bad. War can bring about deliverance to a country. And war will bring about destruction to a company. Here's how you look at it. It's shameful. Joshua spent years fighting those kings until we removed them. And this is what you got to do. You got to fight your adversary every single day until you defeat him. Not someday. You got to know your enemy device. And you cannot be using his devices against him. It ain't going to work. That's going to work against you. Let's move on. Let's go over to Ecclesiastic.
Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Listen to this. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 18. Wisdom is better than the weapons of war, but when the, the sinner destroys much good. Let me read it again. Wisdom is wisdom is better than the weapons of war, than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Why? Weapons of war. Tools to fight with. But wisdom, the Bible tells us wisdom is a principal thing. It's a leading and commanding thing. But it's better than all the weapons a person can have laid on the table. Now let's think about this real quick. Let's talk about David and Goliath. Goliath had strong weapons of war and huge. He was a giant, definitely a giant, to, according to compared to David. But David, by wisdom, chose stone. Why? Because he told the king, he said, "No, yo, your your armor hasn't been proved by me. I can't use your helmet. I can't use your shield. I can't use your sword." Because I haven't proved that they can work for me. They may have worked for you, but they're not going to work for me. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to take my slingshot. And I'm going to go get me some good stones. And David was wise at picking his stones. Isn't that something? He went and picked them some smooth stones. The wisdom. And Goliath told him, ah. I'm going to kill you, you little turkey. I might even cook you. All right, he didn't say he was going to cook you. But he said, I'm going to kill you. And David said, you, you twerp, you divide the army of God, you're going to die today. And I'm sure Goliath laughed. Look at this little dumbbell. He's going to kill me. Ha, 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 ha. So Goliath swings his sword. David swings it and let it go. Knocked that man down and then took his head. Weapons of war are great to have, but it's better to have wisdom. You can have the greatest weapons of war, but if you're not wise enough to use that wisely, and the best of it, they're meaningless. They can cost billions of dollars, but if you don't know how to use them wisely, nah, that ain't gonna help you. You're gonna die with them. You're gonna die with those weapons. I was watching a movie years ago. I forgot today. I forgot what movie it was. But Isaac Hayes, Isaac Hayes was in that movie. Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes, he was in the movie. I think it was him. Oh, yeah, and he was, had all these guns he had on him. Check this out. He had all those guns, but made a mistake and shot himself in the foot. <laughs> he shot himself in the foot. 
That was funny. He shot himself in the foot, so he wasn't going to fight nowhere. He had all those guns on him. He had enough guns to fight hungry. But he shot himself in the foot, so now he couldn't go nowhere with all those guns. Wisdom is better than the weapons of war because your wisdom could get you out from getting killed. You don't have to listen to this. A person having a gun doesn't guarantee they're going to live in a gun battle. It doesn't guarantee that a person coming at them with a knife won't stab them. It means they have a gun. It simply means they have a weapon. But if they don't know how to skillfully use that weapon, they're going to die. Wisdom. When we look at this scripture here, it says wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sin will destroy your first good, and that's a fact. All you need to get somebody insane to start letting the devil use them, you got mayhem and confusion. Everything's all quiet. On your job or in your home, and then somebody that's not serving God Full up of the devil comes in, and then you've got chaos and confusion, and you're holding your head trying to figure out what happened. It's true. You're trying to think about where all this madness is coming from. And then when they leave, it changes. <laughs> you ever notice when some people come around, the atmosphere changes, it gets crazy. And then when they leave, it seemed to change back. Because <laughs> they brought them spirit of confusion and madness with them. We're in a war every day. You get in your car to go to work. You get to deal with all kinds of, you get to deal with people that walk out in front of you and they'll cuss you out because they walked out in front of you. They felt that they had a right to walk out in front of you and you don't run them over. Then you got people that's going to try to run your car over. I mean, we, we're dealing with so many wars. That's why you got to take Christ Jesus with you everywhere you go. That's why you got to take Christ Jesus with you everywhere you go. This is a real war going on. And you need to understand a real war requires something. A life. In God, where we can win these battles, we can win these wars successfully. Bow your head, let me pray for those of the TV broadcast. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to touch every liberal soul watching this television broadcast right now. Meet every need in their life, save, deliver, and make, free, make them free. Help them to understand we're in a war that we must win each day. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's move on. <clears throat> Let's go to Proverbs chapter 24. Listen, those that's watching this broadcast, you can go watch the rest of it on YouTube. And on YouTube, look for the Tabernacle Deliverance Incorporated by Pastor Bernard Wild. Okay, Pastor Bernard Wild. Okay, let's go to Proverbs. Chapter 24. 
What is it we really want from God when it comes down to battle? Something to think about. Chapter 24. And verse 6. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war, and by the multitude of counselors thy safety. Listen to this. Listen to it. Listen to this verse. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. For by wise counsel you shall make your war. Did you hear what he said? By wise counsel you shall make your war. And you can win your war. So you can be the victim of the war and not the loser. Wise counsel. Now, therefore, it comes down to a question you need to ask yourself. Am I around wise people? Am I around people that got wisdom to help me win my battle? Am I around people that don't even care about themselves? Am I around just religious people that just shout all day and talk about God but never live for him and can't get a prayer through? Look at that verse, beloved. For by wise counsel, Proverbs 24, 6 says, For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. Making war. Making war worthwhile making war. Making war worthwhile making a war. Many countries go to war and make no sense of having a war. Young people's lives are lost unnecessarily. Meaningless, they call them meaningless wars. They make no sense. But in the back end of that war, in those back offices, what's happening is those contractors that build those machines and guns and stuff, they're making moolah. They're making money off the dead. It's dying. Innocent soldiers dying on both sides. Of that meaningless war. And I'm going to tell you something. Many wars you never won. <laughs> you do your research. You're going to find out many wars that I won. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just amazing. A lot of countries make peace treaties. They don't know what nobody won the war. There was no winner. Raging wars in vain. When it comes down to our life before God, let me tell you something. You got to win your war. Look at that verse. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. Talk to people. Hear what people have to say about what you planning on doing. That's something to think about. Make sure you plan what you're doing. Make sure you have people 
that's with you. Make sure you have people that's helping you find your battle and know what they're doing. Make sure you have people walking and talking and praying along with you. I can get a prayer through in the midst of your wars. When you think about war and you got to win these wars, it can't be a thing where you're not winning the war. It can't be a thing where the war is long before it stops. It gotta be a thing where you planning to win this war. Now listen to the rest of the verse. <clears throat> For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. And listen to this. And in a multitude of counsels there safety. That's why you got to have people that know God around you. That's why. That's why you got to have people that know God around you because you have a multitude of counsels giving you wise counsel, godly counsel. And you're going to have safety. And you're going to be able to win your wars. When you ain't got nobody around you to pray you through and guide you, you battle the hard. And hard. It's difficult. It's hard to achieve that. It's hard to win those wars when you're by yourself. Picking yourself out on the front line with a million soldiers coming at you with guns shooting. You're going to lose that war. You definitely gonna lose that war. You got a little 45 and you shooting pew, 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 pew. And they got machine guns shooting at you. You're gonna die. You ain't winning that war. But in a multitude of counselors giving you one counsel, one of those counselors will tell you, don't tell them, don't go out there by yourself. They're gonna tell you, don't go out there that battle by yourself. <clears throat> Some personal battles we go to uh, by ourselves. We need somebody to pray us through. Sometimes we're going on a field to run a revival and we're trying to do it on our own and God is saying, don't go out there by yourself. Take somebody with you. You can't do this. It's not a one-man show. Not a one-man show. People think Jesus did everything by himself. That's not true. Read your Bible. Jesus had the disciple go get it in the donkey at the coat that he was going to ride on. He didn't go get it himself. The apostles had other people help them. They didn't do it all by themselves. When you get the one man show out of your mouth and out of your heart, you may win some of your battles. If you really talk about Jesus Christ and fighting battles, you're going to find that he simply said, I come to do the will of my father. That's what he said. I come to do the will of my father. I only say and do what I see my father do. I ain't doing nothing on my own. A lot of people think Jesus was doing all this stuff on his own. And the Bible clearly said that's not true. He said, no, I come in the value of the fuck that is written at me already. That's nothing new. God also turned around and said, there's nothing new under the sun. That sun in the sky, there's nothing new under it. 
We're living in a day where churches today is trying to make the world feel comfortable. So they're doing everything to make them feel comfortable to come to church. They'll strip their clothes up. They'll come preaching. The pastor coming in in basketball clothes or whatever nonsense he has on. So he wants everybody to feel comfortable. This ain't about comfort. This is about eternal life and eternal damnation. It's not about comfort. This is a real world. It ain't about comfort. It ain't about comfort, beloved. It's not about comfort. It's never been about comfort. It's always been about war. The war of your soul. Not comfort. Some pastors stopped having choirs singing in churches because they knew that the people just coming for the singing and not the words. So he just cut the he said they just cut the choirs out. They said that's it. Y'all people ain't coming here to God hear God's word. Y'all just want to hear some singing and run around and carry on, but you ain't hearing God at all. There's a war going on. A real war, a spiritual war that's been going on that we can't see with our natural eyes because they are spiritually discerned. The enemy decides to trip us all up, but we got to be wise, according to the scripture. We have to have wisdom implanted in us through the word of God. And the only way that's going to happen is through reading the word of God. And, and then alone, hallelujah, we can rage good war. Look at that verse. It's telling you something. You know, when you read that verse. It help you separate the people that really care about you. Look at this word. Look at this verse. Verse six. For by wise counsel thou shalt raise, thou shalt make thy war, and into multitude of counselors there is safety. Just look what that scripture just said. In a multitude of counselors there is safety. When you have a multitude of counselors there is safety. After Proverbs 24, 6 says, in a multitude, that helps you cut off all those people that ain't really for you. You know that they're not looking out for your best interest. You know they don't give you wise counsel. Cut the rope with those people. They're not doing you no justice. That verse is telling you, look at what the verse says. Verse 6, it says, for by wise counsel, that means you're going to talk to somebody. But you got to talk to somebody that got good things to say. Oh, come on. I'm not talking about somebody shouting in church. I'm talking about somebody that got some good things to say. You think the United States government is going to go call some preacher that just running around shouting, help us make war? I don't think so. I don't think so. You can speak in tongues all you want. That ain't going to move them neither. The Bible says here in verse 6, it says of Proverbs 24, For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war, and it's a multitude and a lot of counselors. Let's see, that's what kills this one man show thing. Preachers today is all about me. I want you to know it's about me. The Bible says here, in a multitude of counselors. This the world, what's a multitude of counselors? Mm, a lot of people. A lot of people. Different, different. It could be different people. I don't have a multitude of counselors around me. Different men than women of God. Right. 
They know more about God than me. They spend more time praying than me. I can pick up the phone and call them and talk to them. Oh, when you go to counselors for counsel, they're not always going to say what you want to hear. <laughs> That's the thing about multitude of counselors. You want them to rub your back and make you feel good. Pat you on the back and make you feel good. That's not always going to happen. That's where accountability comes in. When you have a multitude of counselors guiding you and giving you direction. And they're seeking out what you have to say also about what they're dealing with. It's not one side. It's not one side. One of the problems we have is all this one-sided stuff. And God is not in that. God's never been a one-sided stuff. And the multitudes of counselors, their safety when you raise war. People who get involved in personal wars and financial wars and loot. One of the problems people have with financial wars, they don't know how to manage their money. I don't care. I've I worked with people that made less money than me. I'll never forget the story of the madhouse I went to. He invited us all to dinner. I never forgot that. He invited us all to dinner. He wanted to get a raise. And we all went to his house. All of us was managing. And I'm scratching my head. This man makes less money than me for sure. And he's living better than me. How is this possible? He had no scams only. He manages money. He managed money. He wasn't buying this and buying that and buying the other. I left this house with my head down. I thought, I got to fix this now. I got to get my act together here. This man is living better than me. And I make almost twice what he makes. That's something to think about. All the managers left there quiet. <laughs> we all young managers. We left the man's house quiet. When you make your financial war, make sure you're doing it right. Make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do. Say that nothing to do with being saved. See, people cross this out. When they get saved, everything happens for them. There's no way in the Bible that says that. You got to be diligent about your business. You got to be diligent about your, your doing. You have to be diligent about your ministry. You have to be diligently about your home. You have to be diligent about your job. It's showing. That's why I tell people to treat your job like ministry and ministry like your job. And you can get it done right. And you can live right in the midst of it. War. Why we lose so many wars? Because we don't follow that scripture right there. We don't have wise counsel. People marry people and hate their guts. And both parties claiming to be saved. I'm saved, but she's the devil. And she's saying, I'm saved, but he's the devil. He didn't follow that scripture. Wise counsel. I don't need no preacher to tell me what to do before I get married. I don't need to sit and talk to no preacher. They don't know what they're talking about. Wise counsel. When we have wise counsel, we can make the right decision. That's why I tell people when you go to the hospital and you get one result and one doctor said, I think I think you have cancer and I think you have this, go get another opinion. I'm not against doctors. I'm just telling you a fact. Go get another opinion. Put God in your business. You got to put God in your business. In a multitude of counselors, according to a Proverbs 24 and 6, there's safety. 
I pick up the phone and I call people and ask them, oh, this is what I want to do ministry out. This was X, Y, Z. Can you pray along with me? And they're going to tell me. I just sat down with somebody the other day. They didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. They didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. But they just told me what the truth was about something. And I'm like, rah, 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 rah. you got to listen. And you got to listen with the ear to hear when God is speaking through somebody. Oh, by the way, everybody God speaks to anything. Everybody God speaks to anything. When God want to talk to you, he's going to send somebody to tell you to get your act together. They're going to tell you what God had to say and don't even know God is using it. Did you hear what I said? God is always going to send somebody to guide you when you really want to be guided. They don't have to be safe. Oh, you don't believe me? Okay, I try. I like to take the train. Okay, I take the train when I'm going to Florida, Georgia, wherever we am going. I don't know how to drive the train, but the guy, God touched him to how to know that he learned how to drive the train safely so I could get there alive. So we the train don't go flying off the rocks, the tracks or something. See, God knows how to use people, but we got this thing when we say, God save our bunch of devils, they don't know nothing. That's a lie. The day you get your head together, the day you're going to be able to win more battles. It's not a one-man show. It's not a one-woman show. It's about God guiding you through a multitude. You know you heard that saying, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it takes all heaven to raise a spiritually. So we could get where we're supposed to go. Because we got our adversary nipping this way and nipping that way and doing all kind of stuff. It takes all heaven to help us. Come on, hell is raging against us. Oh, you got to get in this word of God and see that a multitude of counselors there to help you get where you want to go. We lose our victory because we don't know what we're doing. And we get frustrated, throw our hands in the air. You got to have counseling. Got to have somebody guiding you. You got to ask God. Oh, yeah, thank you, Lord. The Lord just brought to me that scripture about being surety of thy friend. That's another one. Everybody's not your friend. The Bible said, be surety of your friend. Everybody's not your friend. Everybody's not your friend. People get upset because some preachers get upset because preachers they know never invite to speak to speak them to speak at their church. They never invite me to speak at their church. They don't care about me. You don't need to speak at everybody's church. You probably don't have nothing to say anyway. Throwing scriptures at people is not helping them. <laughs> the Bible says many are led by the Spirit of God. They are the what? The sons of God. You got to be led. You got to be guided by the power of God. Not just throwing letters. The scripture said, uh, what are the, uh, uh, the letter killers, but the Spirit make up a lie. Alive, you can run around throwing these scriptures at people all you want. It ain't changing the butterfly. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Let's go over that scripture one more time. For by wise counsel, thou shalt make thy war. What is it you want to walk for? What is it you want to fight for? That's something to think about. People go to church. Listen to this. Since the churches are opening back up mostly. People go to church 
to impress people. They fought a war to look the best, to have the latest this, the latest this. I always see the sisters with the flying saucer hat. I hope they don't shoot one of them down while they walk in. <laughs> like they're doing them a Chinese below. Or maybe the, the hat to take off and start swinging in the air by itself. Now, I mean, I've seen one woman with that had to be a three-foot hat. That hat was so big, so round. It took up a couple of chairs. I said, this is ridiculous. The woman hat was so big. It was taking up two chairs. I'm surprised nobody got upset and snatched it off her head. What are we wanting for? To be seen? What are we wanting for? Do you know the Lord said, when I come back, let me find you doing He's not talking about you coming about trying to press people. Oh, yeah, I hear me. He's not talking about coming back by you trying to press somebody, cite somebody, deceive somebody. Everybody, all these big name preachers now, they're running around doing all these services, trying to show people when the Lord is going to return. What are you doing that for? You should be teaching people how to live right. We don't care when the Lord's going to come back. I don't care when the Lord's going to come back. That's not what's important to me. What's important to me is that I'm living right. There are these guys trying to figure out to check exactly, well, we got this side, we got this side. The Lord is going to come back around this time. What are you doing that for? It's already in the Bible. Read the book of Revelation. Read the book of Daniel. It's right there. It's right there. You should be focusing on trying to get people to walk with God. People got so much head knowledge. Oh, you want to know something? I'll make it simple. This generation, backwards, for the last 50, 40, 40 years almost, y'all got computers, y'all got desktop, laptop, uh, y'all got smartphones, smartwatches, smart glasses. There's no reason on this planet that we should not be able to find God through his word online. We are one million percent inexcusable. We're so inexcusable to us, unbelievable. I don't know how nobody's gonna stand before God and tell him, nobody ever told me. But he's gonna say, Do you do you remember Google? Do you do you remember uh Bing? Uh do you remember Bing? Do you remember you? You remember any of those other ones? Oh yeah, Lord, I remember that. Why didn't you search for me? You Google everything else. Yeah. We fail to win our battle because we do not do what we're supposed to do. We run around trying to impress people. I learned a long time ago. Those same people you trying to impress gonna forget about you anyway. They're gonna go about their business. They're gonna find somebody else. Oh, that's how Hollywood operates. After the year gets how you turn 40, 50, ah, I need some, I need some new flesh. I need some new excitement. That's just what they do. And they do the same thing in the church. Are oh, you too old now? You're not popular now. I need somebody more popular than you. They, they all do the same thing. They all do the same thing. Let's move on. Let's go to First Timothy chapter one. If the choices that we make in life is really what makes the difference. The choices, hear what I'm saying? The choices we make in life is what makes the difference. The choices and the decisions we make 
helps us win and lose our wars. War is something that takes place. What, what, what's amazing about war? Listen to this. War is going to happen whether you like it or not. That's something to think about. War is going to happen whether you like it or not. Everybody don't think the same thing. Everybody don't like the same thing. People going to go to war with anything. The devil's always going to go to war with you. If the devil never goes to war with you about nothing, he already got you. Huh? If, the, if you never tempted to do anything wrong, the devil already got you. Huh? No bad thoughts never passed through your mind. The devil already got you. He don't need to do nothing with you because he already got you. But when you're walking up right before God, he's going to try everything in the book. He's going to try sickness. He's going to try death. He's going to try confusion. He's going to try lies. He's going to try deceit. He's going to do everything. He even used fraud big time now. He's going to do everything he can to get your attention. That's how he operates. All right, let's look at that. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. Listen to this. Look at this verse. This charge I commit unto thee, son, Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Let me read it again. This charge I commit unto thee, son, Timothy, according to the prophecy which went before on thee, that thou may that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. This is Paul talking to Timothy as a spiritual son. Prophecies had went forth on Timothy that what God was going to do. But however, Paul wanted Timothy to understand something very important, very, very important. That he had to use what he was told. And he had to have to choose spiritually that he might be able to fight a good warfare. It's one thing to go to war, as I said before, and just lose. But good warfare comes from good counsel of how to do this thing. The generals get together at the table and they start mapping out what they're going to do. Do you think we want a war against the Nazis simply by because they say, let's go to war? You know something? A lot of people don't understand a thing about what happened uh, with Hitler. I want, I want you to listen to this. Hitler started fighting countries and winning. Nobody said nothing. Did you hear me? Nobody wasn't saying nothing. Nobody didn't care. I'm just being honest. Nobody was like, oh, let's stop him. No. They let him keep going. But what happened was, just like the devil, it's spreading. He kept on going. He kept out knocking out little countries, taking this one and taking that one and doing that one. And then they said, whoa, 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 whoa. He's coming my direction. Ah, when they started, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 whoa. He's coming our direction. Stalin, the president here, over in Europe, everybody said, whoa, 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 whoa. He's getting too close. You don't wait till your enemy's getting too close. You don't wait to hear enemies at your doorstep. Did you hear me? 
You don't lay to your enemies at your doorstep, not knocking but kicking your door in. wanted Timothy to understand that he will war, a good warfare, not just go to war. Not just go fight some war, but war, a good warfare, have shredded success so he can win a spiritual battle. When he went out in the field of service and church or whatever he was required to do, he had to know how to make it the knowledge and the capability to perform it. Timothy was a young guy. So it was easy for him to be pushed around. For those big time religious leaders back then, it was easy. But Paul told him, remember what was said to you, what God was going to do with you. Remember what God said. Notice he didn't say what I said. He said, remember what God had said, those prophecies that already went on you, what God had said. It's a difference. Reason why I keep going because it's what God said, not what man said. Because what man say, I'm telling you, it'll hurt you in the end. Man, will soup you up real good and make you feel yummy, yummy, yummy. But when you ain't saying and doing what they want, they're gonna kick you to the curb. Oh, it's just definite. Even in business, they do they do it all the time. They forget you fast. But when God speaks, that's what I like about God. When God speaks. He will establish your going. He will give you the tools and the anointing to fight the war. But I want to tell you something. Don't take God for granted. Don't take God's power and anointing for granted. Don't take his grace above all for granted. How people do it? People tempt God. The Bible plainly said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. People tempt God. They don't care. They don't care. They're going to tempt God on any time they want. They don't care. And they keep on doing the same thing. I said, you know what? One day you're going to do this and God going to cut you off and you ain't even going to know. Don't believe me? You don't believe me with that? Ask Samuel. Ask Samuel about what happened to uh, 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 King Saul. Oh, what's his, what's his name? Uh, Samson. Ask Samson what happened to him. Moving around with Delilah. People try to make that still. That story sounds so simple. It ain't that simple. This was going on a long time. Samson was lusting at the different women and lusting at the Delilah until Delilah got him in a lot. In her leg. Yeah. The devil knows how to fight you. You ain't nothing special. We get the, our heads swell up that we're so good. We're so amazing. We're so smart. The devil knows how to psych you and pump your head up. And then go, Poof. that's what happened to Samson. So, what's the most shocking story about Saul and war is this? Boom, King Saul was actually a man of war. <laughs> that was so funny about this. And the funny part about, sad funny part about this is, God gave Saul a heart of flesh. I'm talking about King Saul, Old Testament. But Saul was so corrupt, he corrupted the heart God gave him. <laughs> he was determined to do what he wanted to do. God told him, Mr. Shirley, I'm a guy, that everything went on. No! He's going to help God. That's why we lose our battles. And as, a lot, as I constantly tell people about King Saul, 
Most people misunderstand something about King Saul, and you got to be careful about this. This happened twice in the Bible. God was gone, and his true thought God was with them, with Samson and with King Saul. As I told my wife, a lot of people don't realize, God rejected Saul. Listen to this. God rejected Saul, but yet he went to the throne. He's the first human being to sit on the king's throne over the children of Israel. Yet God had rejected him. God didn't want nothing to do with him. And in the end, you'll see that his children and him died. Because of that, he was rejected. Now let's look at Samson. Samson shook himself after they came to get him and felt the essence of God, that God was gone. He didn't realize God was there because he couldn't fight no more. He had no juice, no power, no anointing, nothing. It wasn't his power wasn't in the locks of his hair. God told him not to cut it. The power went in and through God and his obedience. He done rebelled against God, so God said, let go. You got to understand something about war. You can't play with the enemy when you're fighting him. Oh, my goodness. You cannot play with the devil when you're fighting him. He's going to hurt you. He's going to hurt you. I know the story of one preacher. He must be, he was doing something he had no business doing, and other people knew. So there was this girl that was demon possessing the church. She was really, she was about, my wife is small. She was smaller than my wife. This, this kid must be weighed about 89 pounds, 90 pounds. He's going to call himself. He's going to pray all night to get her delivered. Well, when they came to church on Sunday morning, the pastor was in the arm brace with a broken arm. That girl threw his behind around that place. And broke his arm. And he lied and said, oh, I fell and hurt my arm. No, he wasn't living right. And that demon kicked his behind. That was in that girl. Okay? You can't play with the devil and try and war against him. It don't work that way. It's the same thing with the United States. Cross the United States. They're going to kill you. They're going to send somebody to take you out. <laughs> I'm just being truthful. You mess a mess on any of these big countries. Mess them over. They're going to take you for a ride, but you ain't coming back. The devil does not care. I don't know why people got this theory that the devil likes them. He don't like you. He don't care about you, and he can't stand you because you could get something he can never get, and that's eternal life. He can never live in heaven again. He's been there. He knows what it's like. He knows the choir singing. He knows all that. Heavenly food, he knows all that. You know. Look at that verse. We just about finished. First Timothy 1.18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by thou, thou by them mightest war a good warfare. You got to know this. This is something each of us got to know. I don't care what they're doing today in church. I really don't. Because when I turn on uh, the television station on, uh, uh, that I'm on, that we have our service on, I see all kinds of stuff going on. I'm not moved by that. I'm sticking with God's word. I don't care what these other preachers say. I don't care what they do. I don't care what they have going on in their churches. That's not my business. My business is to tell the truth and to live right myself. I can't give account for them. All I can do is tell the truth. Maybe hopefully they'll listen to one of the messages and get right. It's that simple. But God wanted 
Timothy to war good warfare, and I want you to wear a, a, a fight a good warfare and win. We're on the women's side. You should be winning. So many so-called saints walk around there with their head down defeated. That's not God. That's the devil. I know I got a squeaky voice and I'm not popular. I know everybody know that. They ain't no secret. But I'm going to still tell you the truth. I still want you to be a winner. I still want you to come out on top. You ain't got to do nothing deceitful to come out on top. You don't have to do that. I just seen somebody though last week get blessed. Or be obedient. God knows how to bless you. Ain't nothing nobody could do about when God bless you. Oh, I love that part. There's nothing the devil could do when God bless you. He'll try to mess with you. But you got his boss, man. These messages I, I, I give on Sundays and then the Bible studies on Wednesdays to really help you find out who you are. And God, where you going? I see so much stuff going on. I was just reading the news, 30, over 33,000 people died in that Turkey and Syria uh, uh, earthquake. Some of them people never got to know God. Some of them were children. They didn't plan to die that day. Many people don't plan to die. That's something wrong with them. I'm going to die today. No. People want to live. People want to go about their business, have their birthday parties, and, and do different things, have a good time. I'm looking forward to my birthday next week. I ain't telling you how old I am, though. I get too much stuff. <clears throat> we really have to live a life that we live in to live again. We really have to live a life that we're living to live again. I know there's so much cosmetic stuff around us to deceive us and trip us up. But we really have to live a life that we're living to live again, eternally. It's not a prank. It's not a religious thing. And I'm trying to get people to understand going to church buildings does not save you. You have to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You could, you know, if you don't want to be uh, be saved, here's the thing you need to understand about that. You will not go to heaven. You will not obtain eternal life. Being religious don't do it. Is that being religious, anything can be, 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 be any type of religious organization. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I've heard one man tell me years ago that he was born a Baptist. I said, you are born a Baptist. Lie. Ain't nobody born no Baptist. Stop lying. Everybody born. They, yeah, they, the doctor pull you out of your mother's womb and slap it. Boom. Y'all got a newborn Baptist. No, stop lying. Stop lying. You can go to hell for lying. It'll become dumb stuff. The Bible says that God don't like lies, you know. He said it in his book. But listen, some of you here today that's listening to it and watching this broadcast, however you may receive it, you need to fight a good warfare in your life and win your wars. Some of y'all battling lust. Some of y'all battling confusion. Some of y'all battling depression. All these things that you battled and you need to turn them over to God. Let God fight for your battle. But you cannot, hear me, you cannot entangle yourself in them. You can't bring your issues to God and then take them back from him. You have to leave it on the altar of God. And let God work for you. 
Bow your head. Those of you that's not saved and don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, I want to pray a simple sinner's prayer with you. And then I want to pray for everybody else. Those of you not saved, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I ask you to come into my life, come into my heart, save me, and be my personal Savior. I thank you for dying on the cross of Calvary and rising on the third day and making it possible for me to be saved today. Help me win my wars and battles. I turn them over to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, everybody else, let me pray for you, Father, in Jesus' name, every little soul under the sound of my voice. I right, you give them strength to go through the tests and the trials that they're going through and show them how to win their wars successfully. Give them a mind to overcome. Put them around smart counselors and guides that can lead them to victory in Jesus' name. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, before you go, you can support this ministry financially and through prayer. You can go to the Tabernacle of Deliverance, inc.org, and you can click on become a partner and help us financially because we are on the TV and we have our podcast. We have to pay for all that stuff. So any help you could give, we're more than appreciated. It doesn't go to me. It goes straight to the ministry. Now, you can also leave a testimony and a prayer request about what God is doing in your life. Let us know how you're doing so we can continue to pray for you and that God continue to work on your behalf. We have Bible study at 8.15 on Wednesday night. Come back and join Bible study with us. We'll be back here also on next Sunday at 5.15. I'll see you then. God bless.